There's going to be encouragement for two groups of people in this room. So hopefully everyone will fit into one of these two groups. Either you are here today and you are a Christ follower. You've put your faith and trust in following Jesus and you are hoping to grow or take next steps or wanting to learn more. This is for you. Or maybe you're here on the opposite end of the spectrum today. And maybe you're still what we would say is exploring or asking questions, or still doubting, or unsure, you're still seeking, you're still in that category where you really don't know for sure what to believe yet. Well, I have some encouragement today for you as well. So everyone in this room hopefully will get a word today. And as we start, I just want to give a little background, because when there is a movement, all movements that are worth anything that have happened over the course of history, they've faced resistance. In fact, it is Theodore Roosevelt that went on to say these words. He said, nothing in the world is worth having or worth doing unless it means effort or pain, difficulty. I have never in my life envied a human being who's led an easy life. I have envied a great many people who have led difficult lives, but led them well. So, We are following this movement that's happening in the book of Acts. And and as we approach Acts chapter 8 today, what we see happening is that movement is facing some resistance. It's facing persecution. It's facing problems. Yes, they're putting in more effort, but there's more pain that's coming along with it, more difficulty. In fact, last week, as Pastor Todd ended chapter 7, what we saw was something that tragically happened to Stephen, a man who was following Jesus, who was trusting him, who has put his faith in Jesus, and yet, last week we found out at the end of chapter 7, he was killed for his faith in Jesus. He was stoned for putting his faith in Jesus. A tragic ending. And and so we see this happening in in Acts chapter 8, verse 1. So if you have your Bibles, go ahead and get to Acts chapter 8. But in verse 1, it says this, that a great wave of persecution began that day, sweeping over the church in Jerusalem. And all the believers except the apostles were scattered through the regions of Judea and Samaria, You know, one thing is for sure that we've already seen in the book of Acts and we've experienced up until this point in history is that the church, the church and the gospel of Jesus Christ cannot be stopped. It will never be stopped. And despite hardship, and now what it says is despite persecution, and here in Acts chapter 8, and what's honestly happened over and over again throughout history up until this point in time, is that the message of Jesus Christ cannot be stopped. In fact, it flourishes. It flourishes when it faces hardship. It flourishes when it faces persecution and resistance. In fact, if we skip down a couple of verses to verse 4, it says this, but the believers who were scattered preached the good news about Jesus wherever they went. It says, they, I mean, look, if there was no persecution happening, these believers wouldn't have scattered. They would have stayed put because they were comfortable. And we like to be comfortable. There's no reason to move. A word of warning, if you are following Jesus, it is rarely comfortable. And if it is, there might be a problem. 
And because here what we see is, is it's our nature to avoid hardship. It's the human nature. It's human nature to avoid problems. We, we always are going to take the safe road every single time because that is who we are. We were built to just, in our nature, want to go where there's no resistance. But it's incredible for me to think that God uses that resistance. He uses that persecution. He uses difficulty oftentimes for his own purpose and for his own glory. And it's because of this persecution that these believers are facing in Acts chapter 8, truly that scatters them. And as a result, the gospel is being preached. The good news is being preached to many people in the area who might not have otherwise heard it ever before. This is a good thing. And of those believers, one of them that were scattered, his name was Philip. Philip is who we want to spend some time with today, and, and during the first part of Acts chapter 8 here, Philip is traveling to this area of Samaria, the city of Samaria, to share Jesus with the people there, and this already tells us something special about Philip, because the people of Samaria were despised people group. It was a despised city. It was an area where not many people wanted to go to share Jesus, and yet Philip has the heart to share Jesus with these people. He, is, he, he knows that they needed to hear about him in a place where not many were willing to go. And that is where I want to pick up the story of Philip today, beginning, we're going to jump down to verse 26, Acts 8, verse 26, then look at Philip. It says this, As for Philip, an angel of the Lord said to him, Go south, down the desert road that runs from Jerusalem to Gaza. So Philip here, what we know about him is that he's, he is a man who was appointed as a deacon of the church. Now, some of you may have gone to churches or were familiar with some denominations of churches that have deacons. A deacon is someone who cares for the flock, someone who makes sure that needs are being met, someone that serves the church, serves the people, someone that takes care of them. That is what a deacon does, and that was the role of Philip. However, God had a much bigger role in store for him because he was not only to care for the church and the flock and the people, but now he's going to be sent to go. He's going to send to go to share the good news of Jesus Christ with other people. And so this angel says to him at this point, look, it's your time to go. And it seems like from the scripture here that he responded immediately. No hesitation in Philip whatsoever. He heard the angel's voice to say go, and he immediately went. In fact, it says this in verse 27. So he started out. And he met the treasurer of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority under the Kandik, uh, the queen of Ethiopia. So here we're introduced to the second main character of our story today. We have Philip, and then we have this Ethiopian eunuch. Now, I know some of you might be saying, you know, I'm not even sure who this eunuch is. I'm not even sure what a eunuch is. So let me be brief, but let me describe, because this is an important part of the story. A eunuch is a man who has been castrated for the purpose of trusted servitude in a royal household. 
A king would often castrate his servants to ensure they would not be tempted to engage in sexual activity with others in the palace, specifically the royal harem. So this is an indicator to us that this man is important. He, is, he has some authority in the house. He's got leadership in the house. Not only does he have leadership and authority, but he's trusted in this house by this royal family. And so we know this about this man, and, and we know a little bit more as it goes on because it says that this man had gone to Jerusalem to worship, and he was now returning. Seated in his carriage, he was reading aloud from the book of the prophet Isaiah. Look, at this point in time, this eunuch did not know exactly who Jesus was and all he had done for him yet. He didn't quite understand. All it said is that he went to worship, which means he showed up. He came. He was exploring. He walked across the parking lot and he came in and he sat down to just try to find out some more about this. He showed up. And he was earnestly seeking God. And so here's my message to you if you are here today and you are exploring. Keep seeking God. Keep exploring. Come, show up. It is vitally important. And even though this man was, was respected by his family, even though this man had some authority, he realized that there must be an authority greater than him. There must be a leadership greater than him. So he came to the church to worship. And whatever level of, of understanding he had at that time, he was there to worship and he was there to ponder truth. In fact, it says that he was reading from the prophet Isaiah. This is a great reminder to all of us in the room, whether you are a Christ follower or an explorer, the importance of the Word of God, the importance for both groups to be in the Word of God, to grow and to lead us to questions. And, and wonder is important. In fact, it reminds me of this verse in Romans 10 that says, faith comes from hearing. That is hearing the good news about Christ, hearing it reading it. That is how our faith is going to grow. And whether you are exploring in faith or whether you have put your faith in Christ and wanting to grow, God's word is central. God's word was central for Philip. God's word was central for this eunuch. And God's word is central for all of us today. That is why the number one value here at the church, at the chapel, is to depend on God and his word because we know that his word is central to everything that we say and do. But there's more than that. There needs to be people who are willing and essential for others to come to faith. And we see that in Philip, someone who is willing. It says this in verse 29. The Holy Spirit said to Philip, Go over and walk alongside beside the carriage. You know, Christ followers in this room, we see Philip is ready and willing to go wherever the Spirit leads him, even to a specific person. Christ followers in the room, I have to ask, are you ready and willing to go where the Holy Spirit might ask you to go and where God puts you on your path? Are you willing and ready? 
Now, I, I, I know in my life, and I wonder for you, have you ever felt this nudge? Like, man, something, something pushing you. Something you, pushing you to talk to this person or, or to head this direction. Have you ever felt a nudge? Uh, have you ever felt that lingering thought in your mind to, to go, to do something, to talk to someone. Have you, ever, have you ever experienced that before? Now, hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit, hearing the voice of God, that is a whole nother message for a whole nother weekend. The point here with this is, are you listening? And are you willing to move if asked? And Philip answers both of those questions in this next verse. He says this, it says this in 30. Philip ran over. That, he, he was ready. He wasn't messing around. He heard the voice. He ran over and heard the man reading from the prophet Isaiah. Philip asked him, do you understand what you are reading? So here you go, Christ followers in this room. Two things for you today. Two things. One, go to where people are. Go to where people are, meaning that's why we say the church is the best when the lights are off and the seats are empty and nobody's here because you are out in the communities, you're out at your workplaces, in your neighborhoods, with your families. That is where you can be most successful is when you are out where people are. I encourage you to do that, but there's a second thing I encourage you with. Show interest in what others are interested in. Ask questions of them. You know, for this Ethiopian eunuch, he was literally reading scripture. I made it easy for Philip. He just simply just asked him, what are you reading? Philip engaged this man, showed interest in what he was interested in, and asked him questions. That is one of the first steps to building relationships with others. That's one of the first steps in, in gaining some influence into someone else's life. Show interest in them then ask them some questions. If this guy wasn't reading the Bible, Philip could have asked him anything. He could have said, well, hey, how's your family? Could have asked him about his job. Where are you going? Where were you from? What are you doing? How do you like this? How do you like that? What size rims you got on that carriage? He could have asked him any question and it would have worked. Thankfully, he just had to ask him, what are you reading? I tell you this because if you're like me, this is hard. This is a hard one. I struggle with this because I struggle talking to people. I know it sounds odd standing in front of you all. I struggle engaging. For those of you who are able to step into a room and instantly know everyone, you're instantly best friends with every single person in the room. I despise you because that is not me. I struggle with it. I, I'm, the, I'm the guy that comes in, sits in the corner, wants to be left alone. It's, it's hard. And, 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 and I say that because what I have discovered helps is when you ask questions. When you come to someone and you ask them about what they like, they will open up. People love to talk about themselves. And so if you give them that opportunity, they will. And you know the beauty of it? is when you ask them questions about themselves, sometimes in turn, they will begin to ask you questions about yourself. 
and then you have an opportunity to talk to them. And in fact, that is exactly what happened with Philip and this eunuch. So this, this eunuch replied to Philip here in verse 31 said, how can I, that means how can I understand what I'm reading unless someone instructs me? And he urged Philip to come up into the carriage and sit with him. He invited him. If you are an explorer in this room today, I want to encourage you, don't stop asking questions. Keep searching. Keep asking for help. Be humble enough to come to get help and seek understanding. You know, I've heard some people say things like, well, isn't it disrespectful to God to ask questions? And I know where they get that. They get that because when they were little, their parents or wherever they went to church or whatever said, you shouldn't ask questions. They said, just believe, just trust, just put your faith in. Don't ask questions. I'm here to tell you, ask questions. This is a safe place for you to do that. I invite you to. And if I don't know the answers, I will find somebody that does. We will figure it out. Ask questions. We welcome that. And this question from the Ethiopian eunuch that where, where he says, how can I unless someone instructs me? It just reminds me of this verse in Romans 10 that says, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. But how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? How can they believe in him if they have never heard about him? And how can they hear unless someone tells them? He's seeking. He's asking And Philip is there to share. And so this eunuch asks Philip about the scripture he's been reading from Isaiah, which makes me go, man, I would love to know what scripture that was. Well, gratefully, Acts tells us. This is the scripture in Isaiah that the eunuch was reading. It said, he was led like a sheep to the slaughter. And as a lamb is silent before the shears, he did not open his mouth. He was humiliated and received no justice. Who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken from the earth. And right after this, it says that the eunuch asked Philip, tell me, tell me, was the prophet talking about himself or someone else? He's searching for for wisdom here. And and, and I I love this this scripture because this, this prophet Isaiah, he's writing about the coming of of the Messiah. He's writing about the coming of of the Savior long before Jesus came. Then this eunuch is so confused by it. He doesn't know what to make of it. So he asks Philip, what does this prophet mean? Is he writing about himself or someone else? To which I say, great question. I'm so glad you asked that. Let's look at that. And that's what Philip does. He tells him, he says, look, this is a great question and let let me help you. And then it says in the next verse what he does. So beginning with the same scripture, beginning with the same scripture, Philip told him the good news about Jesus, Christ follower in this room. This This is the perfect example that Philip sets to start where people are, but always point them to Jesus. He starts, see, he says he began with the same scripture. He started where this man was, but then he pointed him to Jesus. 
you know what? Many people will come to you with questions. Many people come to you with issues. A lot of people come to me. They want to know what I believe about different topics, what I believe about different issues, what I believe about politics, what I believe about all these hot button things. People come to me with that. And I'm glad to have discussions and I'm glad to listen. I'm glad to answer questions. But I tell you what, I'm always going to point you back to Jesus. It's important to keep the main thing the main thing. My dad always said, Charles, don't get stuck in the deep weeds. Don't, don't get stuck there. You, you have to move on and keep pointing them to Jesus. And that is exactly what Philip does. He points them to Jesus. And I love the heartbeat of this Apostle Paul here as he's writing to this church in Corinthians. And he says these words. He says, when I first came to you, dear brothers and sisters, I didn't use lofty words and impressive wisdom to tell you God's secret plan. He's saying, look, I didn't get stuck in the deep weeds. I didn't get stuck there. And he goes on to say, for I decided that while I was with you, I would forget everything except Jesus Christ, the one who was crucified. Because at the end of the day, it's always all about Jesus. And that is who we should be pointing people toward and for those of you in this room who are still exploring your faith, please know that the most important thing in your life is, is what you think about Jesus. It's what you, you decide what you are going to think about him and honestly how you're going to respond to whatever it is you think and what he's done for you. And so Philip here, he took this Ethiopian eunuch back to Jesus. He pointed him to Jesus, and as a result, the eunuch responded. And this is what happens when the eunuch responds in the next verses. He says, as they rode along, I came to some water. And the eunuch said, look, there's some water. Why can't I be baptized? And he ordered the carriage to stop, and they went down into the water, and Philip baptized him. This is incredible. Explorers in this room, I encourage you today. I encourage you, don't be afraid to put your faith in Jesus, and don't be afraid to respond immediately, and don't be afraid to respond publicly. Don't be afraid. And then this next verse, I love this next verse. It is so cool what happens. It says, when they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord snatched Philip away. The eunuch never saw him again, but went on his way rejoicing. Can you imagine? He snatched Philip away. In fact, Philip ended up being further north and continued to share the message of Jesus with everyone he came in contact with, everywhere he went. Philip continued on, but this eunuch never saw him again, but went on his way rejoicing. Explore in this room. The eunuch began by exploring, he began by reading, he began by asking questions, yes, but he responded and he moved forward rejoicing. I tell you this because if you're here and you're still exploring... And you're still asking questions, I encourage you, don't stop. Keep doing that. Because we want to be here from you, and we're going to be 
coming alongside of you just as Philip came alongside this eunuch. We want to help you wrestle through your questions of faith and doubt and all of those things. But remember that your questions and your exploring will eventually lead you to the greatest joy of your life. It'll lead you to knowing Jesus, knowing his love, knowing his forgiveness, knowing his purpose for your life. So don't be afraid to take that step. Christ follower in this room. Don't forget, never forget that the message you have about Jesus Christ is the greatest message you could ever possess. And it's going to be someone's greatest joy to hear of it. It's going to change the trajectory of someone's life. It's going to bring them their greatest joy and it's going to be their tipping point today. You possess a message that is filled with power and strength. Don't hold it in. Give it away liberally. Do it. Someone needs to hear what you have to offer. So let me close with this. As we look at these things, there's three things that, that have been present today. As we've looked at this interaction between Philip and this, and this eunuch, it reminds us that when people come to faith, three things are present. Right? The first thing is this. You have to have God's Spirit at work. You, God's Holy Spirit has to be at work if someone's going to come to faith. That has to be at work in the person softening their heart and opening their mind for questions just like it did with this eunuch. It also had to be present in the life of Philip who was sensitive to follow the Holy Spirit's lead that was willing to obey and willing to courageously share the message of Jesus Christ with this man. The Holy Spirit had to be working, which makes me ask this question. Where are you at with Jesus? Have you put your faith in him or are you still searching? And if so, how is God's spirit working in your life right now? How is he working? Is, is he working to soften your heart? Is he working to push you courageously to talk to someone? How is he moving in your life right now? The Holy Spirit has to be working, one. But two, God's word has to be working too. The eunuch was reading from the prophet Isaiah here. And he was, it was causing him to ask some questions. It was causing him to explore about his faith and about his identity and who the Messiah was. And I wonder, I wonder, are you regularly taking time to be in the truth of God's word? Are you doing, whether you're an explorer or a Christ follower, are you taking time to be in this? Because if you're an explorer, it's going to open your mind to questions and thoughts that you've never, you've never had before. And if you are a Christ follower, it is just going to encourage you. It's going to grow your faith and it's going to push you to just following Jesus in a way you've never experienced before. But you have to be in the Word for that to happen. The Holy Spirit has to be working. God's Word has to be working. There's one last thing that has to be working. God's people have to be working. You and I have to be working. Philip followed these instructions to go where he was being led. Philip obeyed the Spirit to go where he was being led and talk to this Ethiopian unit. And then he had the courage to ask this man some questions about himself and to point him toward Jesus. And so I ask you today, who is Jesus leading you to? Does someone pop into your mind? Someone you'd love to talk to? 
Maybe. If so, I'm going to pray for you this week. If no one pops into your mind, then I'm going to pray that someone would. That God would put someone in your path this week to talk to. And you know what is incredible about this? Is as a result of Philip's faithfulness, tradition tells us that this Ethiopian eunuch was the first Christian the first Christ follower in Ethiopia. And you know what history tells us? Is that the Christian church in Ethiopia has been growing and stronger ever since. It all started with Philip being willing to be used by God. So in Acts chapter 8, we see persecution, but that doesn't matter because persecution cannot stop the word of God. It can't be stopped. It only amplified it. Nothing can get in the way of God's spirit. Nothing can get in the way of God's word. And nothing can get in the way of God's people when they are, when they are doing his will and living for him. Nothing. And as a result, this eunuch went away rejoicing. I wonder who in your life will go away rejoicing this week because of the message you have for them. Love to pray for you before you go. Lord Jesus, thank you for the powerful example that Philip has set for us. Lord, I thank you and praise you for the message of Jesus Christ that we carry. And I pray that, Lord, if there are people here and people that we are going to be rubbing shoulders with that don't know Jesus yet, Lord, that you would give us wisdom and courage to share. Um, Lord, and, and, and for those people that you would already be softening their hearts, already be opening their minds to accepting the good news of Jesus Christ. Help us this week, Lord, as we go and do that. We love you. In your name I pray. Amen. Hey, have a great week. Oh,